Hey everybody, welcome to the 14th episode of the Global Health Impact Fund podcast. I'm your host, Martin Eels. Again, we have an amazing host with us today, um, Dr. Alex Kahana, who's going to be talking more about blockchain, um, but this time more about on the clinic side and the organization side. So Alex, it's a pleasure to have you back. Thanks, thanks. I really enjoyed our uh, conversation, uh, our previous conversation. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. So let's kick off today's episode with, uh, you know, why should I use blockchain in my clinic or the organization? Well, uh, first of all, I would say that if everything's good, don't use anything, you know, don't fix anything that's broken. But if we're working under the assumption that um, there, there are things that you want to improve in your practice or you want to improve in your organization, then you have to, you know, look at what are the technology solutions out there. And I always say technology doesn't do anything. It's what people do with that technology. So if we want to apply, uh, l- let's assume, for example, that uh, I'm not making enough money or uh, my procedures take way too long to- of a time or there's a lot of uh, friction and, and, and brokers that I have to deal with that, is wa- that are wasting my time. So um, distributed ledger technology or blockchain can provide uh, different types of solutions to different types of problems. And so really the difficulty to uh, imagine what blockchain uh, does is because A, we don't really diagnose what are the problems in our organization and or in our private practice, what are the real problems or what is the cause or root of the problems that we're dealing with. And then it's very difficult when you don't know what are the problems that you want, what type of solution will you have. So let's start with things that um, pertain to uh, optimization before we talk about innovation. So, for example, in the United States, a lot of what we do, um, you know, is just very hard labor, pre-authorizations, phone calls, uh, fax machines, CD-ROMs. I went the other day to the doctor, he gave me a CD-ROM. I do not know anyone in my entourage that has a CD-ROM reader, so I don't know what to do with that disc. So, So clearly we are still obliged to use tools from the analog age or from the early Web 1.0 age when actually there are solutions of Web 3.0. Uh, like I mentioned in my pre- in our previous conversation, what blockchain does is it has in it what we call a smart contract, which is a fancy way of saying it's a program. It's a contract or a code that actually executes the type of contract that you want automatically. So a lot of things can be streamlined simply automatically. That if a certain condition happens at X, then other things will will, will be triggered. So authorizations or pre-authorizations or uh, uh, um, uh, supply chain and making sure that I'm getting inventory management or credentialing of my uh, 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 staff that's coming on board, all these things can be automated with different types of solutions that are based on uh, uh, blockchain technology. Uh, I think that... um, The most interesting or most important reason why um, 
you would want to use the capabilities of blockchain technology in your practice is really because of uh, the, I would say, change of the economics. Um, and especially now after COVID, uh, I'm, sh I'm sure you know that 80% um, of doctors reported a, a downfall in revenue because of COVID. And a lot of the government support um, did not go to people who actually need it. It was prorated, of course, to size. So the biggest hospitals got the most. They're the ones who need the least. And those who actually needed it did not see it collapse. And so that continued a merger and acquisition activity, which is centralization. It's the actual opposite of what blockchain-based economy does, which is decentralization and empowerment of the individual. And so centralization of healthcare system has been something that's been going on um, at least since Obamacare has been put in place, but even way before. Um, and many people are, for, many physicians are forced to leave their private practice. Um, a lot of practices are acquired by uh, private equity. Um, most doctors now are employed, uh, which is not bad. You know, you can be employed. I'm sure there are a lot of physicians that are very happy in the hospital that they work, or they're very happy at the uh, corporate or industry uh, 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 job that they have. But we have the the, the current um, um, rent-seeking centralized economy has really stifled independent practices. And so blockchain changes it because, again, like I said, it, it uh, um, uh, be it a peer-to-peer -peer network, obviates the need for an intermediary, for a broker. So, so let's, let's think of what kind of brokers do we have in, in healthcare. So just to give an example, uh, 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 a broker, one of them are um, pharmacy benefit managers. So what are PBMs supposed to do? They're supposed to find for you the cheapest drugs, or they're supposed to create the cheapest plans ever. In practice, that's not what happens, because like many times, uh, uh, what brokers do is I can come to you and say, oh, I know this doctor uh, that um, his name is Alex, and he usually charges $1,000 an hour, but I'll get you a special price that uh, he's only $300 a, an hour. And you're like, wow, that's a great deal. Of course uh, I'll do that. Let's work with you. And then he comes to me, and then he says, oh, uh, Alex, I uh, uh, met this uh, uh, hospital or this service provider or this client called Martin, and he's willing, you know, usually you're paid $50, but he's willing to pay you $150. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And so I know that I'm getting 150 instead of 50. You know that you're paying 300 instead of 1,000. And he takes $150 in the middle. So they're like fleecing from both ends. This is what brokers do. And so uh, um, blockchain obviates that intermediary. And so we can have a peer-to-peer -peer discussion. I can talk directly to you. You tell me your price. I tell you your price. And we negotiate directly and not someone who kind of is like the expert, quote-unquote, that does your job for you. And that, again, goes back to what we spoke last time of trust agents 
that simply we can't trust anymore. I can't trust that the travel agent will find me the best travel deal. I can't trust that the insurance agent will find me the best insurance policy. I can't trust that my investment broker will find the best investment. And so here, a program does it, a code does it. So that's that's kind of like the things that blockchain does. On one hand, it can optimize or automate a lot of processes in your clinic. And on the other hand, it also um, reduces the administrative and overhead costs that you have in a reality where you get less and less reimbursement. Great. So what are some of the other benefits of blockchain? One of the most obvious ones that, 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 that we talked about um, uh, at length uh, was uh, the electronic health record. And we know that um, the main problem with chronic diseases uh, is behavior modification. That, that's really what it's all about. We, 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 we prescribe a test for every pest and a pill for every ill, but really what we need our patients or us even and our family members is to fundamentally change our behavior. And uh, the question is, why would I do it? You know, I, I, I want to eat a big fat steak tonight. And, and uh, you know, you're going to say, Alex, come on, eat some organic blueberries instead. And, because if not, you're going to die 15 million earlier in 30 years. And I kind of look at you and say, Martin, I get it. But, you know, I prefer to have my steak now. And I'll worry about my 15 minutes in 30 years. So there's really no motivation, no incentive. I don't get any rewards by uh, behaving healthy besides the abstract idea that it's important to be healthy and besides the uh, abstract idea that if I'm healthy, then I'll lower the costs in general and healthcare. But, but this is not how we think. And we don't, you know, using healthcare today is like going into a supermarket and buying stuff without knowing the, the, the price of them and then getting at the cashier, and the cashier looks at you and says, okay, what, what bank do you have? Or what credit card do you use? Because there's one price for you and, and another price for another. And you could stand next to me with the exact same cart of goods, and you would pay five times more or five times less. So this whole idea of incentivizing uh, patients, uh, um, using uh, uh, the capabilities of blockchain to create rewards, that's, that's something that uh, is very exciting. Now, the reason why it's hard to do is for two reasons. One is uh, people find it very difficult to imagine how does that work. You know, it's almost like in the beginning of the days of the internet when people would say, how do I send this email without a stamp and an envelope. You know, it took years for people to understand that the easiest and frictionless way to, 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 to mail is through email. If I would tell you back in the 90s that um, you would uh, uh, um, purchase something in Amazon Prime, you would say, what? I'm going to send my money to someone that I can't see on the internet to buy something that I didn't try on the internet. And if it doesn't fit, I'll send it back 
for free and then hope that they'll send it back to like it would look completely stupid and now it's like why would i you waste my time to go to a shop that has zero inventory to look for something when it can actually do it online so the same thing with blockchain uh in 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 10 years everybody will say how did we not use blockchain in our practice or how did we not use blockchain in 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 our lives why why on earth would i give someone my data for free and and they could use it and not pay me back and i think that that's one of the most important issues is to understand data as dignified labor that's really it and uh um and it's not only from an economic perspective that that data belongs to me and if i share it with you and you make money out of it i also by proxy deserve some benefit from it but it also pertains to the ethics behind it and those who have heard me before heard me say that you are your actions and those actions uh, are captured by data and uh, if someone a third party uses it loses it abuses it they actually take a part of you so so it's 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 immoral at least and unethical and uh um if we if we really understand the data is like money i'm not talking about monetization of data but it's money in other words it's yours it's private uh it needs to sit in a secure wallet you can access it whenever wherever for whatever reason uh uh you um expect its uh a value to accrue and so you want to invest in it and in the quality of it. And then afterwards, you can inherit it or you can donate it to, 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 the, to the public. Then we can understand why it actually makes sense to what we call tokenize or attach value to data. And that is something very powerful that I think would be the main game changer in uh, the, 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 the practice or the dialogue between a physician and a patient. Because if now I don't have to say to a patient, please, Alex, eat blueberries because it's good for you, because it's the right thing to do, because the 11th commandment shall say, thou shalt eat blueberries in order not to die. Instead, if I reach certain health landmarks and milestones, I will be paid. With hard cash and so i'll say of course so so we're starting to understand that you know people say oh uh, i'm gonna get a truck or a gun or a million dollars if i vaccinate it's exactly the same thing i want to reward people for doing things that is good for them and good for society and i want to be able to track it and i also want to incentivize myself all my patients are doing well uh, my friend Martin, Dr. Martin, all his patients are doing poorly. We're still paid the same. Why is that? So blockchain um, creates a new uh, economy that is not patient-centric, which is kind of like, okay, I'll tell you what's good for you, but patient-driven. It's driven by the patient, by their behaviors, and it actually brings the physicians closer to the patients without the need of all those intermediaries that we were talking about previously. So talking about game changers, like as a physician, how can I earn more money through blockchain? 
So those those are two separate questions <laughs> of of you know how can I make my business uh, 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 you know lose less money and how can I personally make more money? So I'm sure that when people say that, everybody's like, oh, okay, Dr. Kahana is going to give us advice on which cryptocurrencies to buy and to trade. And that's how I can make money. And so I want to kind of um, relieve everyone from that expectation. I, I, I will not. Um, but I do uh, want to share um, at least the notion that they're now in development there is a whole um financial system that is being built uh that is decentralized so everything that i'm talking about health and blockchain which if you want is called decentralized health or de-health it's, it's poor because the de-health something is to make it sicker but decentralized health uh, um, is is inspired by what is happening in what we call DeFi or decentralized finance, and it is worthwhile spending the next few minutes trying to understand the um, similarities between the financial system and the healthcare system. Both of them uh, deal with very sensitive and uh, uh, important information and data that needs to be private and secure and vetted same thing so the capabilities of encryption the capabilities of storage the capabilities of transmission of that type of data has to be the same and in medicine we don't have to feel that bad because also in banks the systems are antiquated and come from technologies that are 20 30 even 40 years ago but they're both very similar in the sense that this is important private uh, uh, information that you don't want anybody to see and definitely don't want anybody to lose. So that's, that's one thing. It's a high-stake environment. The second thing is that the financial system is centralized, very centralized, just like healthcare. There are about, I don't know, depends how you count it, uh, 3,000 Money, you know, uh, banks. I would say, if you would want to also count money transmitters and and, and union banks, about six thousand in 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 the system. Uh, but five five banks control eighty percent of it. So it's the same thing. We have about four forty five hundred hospitals, but there are a handful of healthcare systems that control everything. And so these are very centralized systems. And like I said, the problem with centralization is not only the disequilibrium of power, it's not really the fact that it always jacks prices up. It always is at the expense of the consumer. It always is that, that you get announcements of changes of terms without any, uh, you know, any consent or, or, or any uh, previous alert. It's also that they are very vulnerable to hacks. If you have a honeypot, that has a billion dollars, there will be people, mostly in Russia, North Korea, and Iran, that all day long will sit and think, how should I get tap into that $1 billion? But if it's decentralized and you have a billion people that have $1, then it, it, nobody's going to run after that because it's not worth the time and effort. 
So, so it's these centralized systems are security vulnerable. Uh, they are um, sensor vulnerable. So we remember in 2008 when things were going horrible and people, you know, the, the leaders of the banks didn't want to cause a, a panic. So they're protecting us by not telling us what's going on. They're protecting us by not sharing reality instead of treating us like adults and say, okay, explain to me what this is. There's no transparency. It's opaque. Just like hospitals are run, just like all the deals that hospitals have with uh, uh, the pharma, with inventory, through purchase, purchase group, uh, 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 provider purchase groups, or with uh, pharmacy benefit managers. We know nothing. You go today to the pharmacy and you pay for a drug, you have no idea what that structure is. And so it's sensor uh, uh, vulnerable, and it's also collusion vulnerable, because they shake hands and work with the government, and all both the finance system and the health system have a very strong lobby that make decisions, like for example, that compensation for physicians are going to always lag, that are going to be kind of like this corrected uh, a factor that is never uh, 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 um, linked to the consumer pricing index or to inflation. And so we're now in the 80s in terms of our compensation. So, so centralization, what doctors need to understand, is centralization is bad, especially since it's not inclusionary. It doesn't include you. Now, it's very different than someone saying, I don't care. I, I respect doctors that say, Alex, I don't care about all this stuff. I'm a doctor. I like to treat patients. I like to do research. I'm not interested in all this back and forth. I just want to get my salary and that's it. That's fine. But most of us do want to understand our salary structure. Most of us do want to understand our economic structure. Most of us do want to understand how can we make more money. But it's very difficult if the rules are changing all the time or that they are opaque and what's good for the goose is not good for the gander. So blockchain can help doctors make more money by creating more types of business revenue. If you use blockchain in a decentralized clinical trial management system, there are less fees that go to the sponsors, which means that you and the patient have more money. If you want uh, to use telehealth or you want to use some technology vendors and give insights with artificial intelligence and you use blockchain incentives, there are less fees. So that means you have more in your pocket, more in the patient's pocket, less for third parties that are helping you out. That's the whole point of blockchain, that you don't need any more of these intermediaries. I don't need a travel agent anymore. I can just go on Google Flights and Google whatever I want, and I'll choose what, what's the price. They auction the prices, and I will define the price sensitivity. And there's an algorithm that says, okay, uh, everybody agrees that uh, a round trip to Nairobi uh, is worth uh, $600. But when I start to get to the 900s, nobody buys it. And if I go less than uh, 400, everybody buys it. So, so there are ways that are automated that can do it. And then the final thing, of course, is to be interested and to educate yourself into decentralized finances, to understand what are cryptocurrencies and to understand how these things function. 
saying, I don't want to know about this. I don't want to understand Bitcoin, which was, by the way, uh, um, invented, if you wish, or written out after the financial crash. It was exactly to fight for all these things of centralization. It's basically internet money. That's what it is. It's programmable money. So you can program it to buy good things and, not pro and, and program it not to be able to buy bad things. So as opposed to cash, where I can also buy drugs and I can uh, uh, fund uh, child trafficking, with Bitcoin, it can. So people have a very wrong idea of what Bitcoin is. They say, oh, you know, all these horrible things with drug trafficking and, and, and guns and all. Bitcoin. No, it's not Bitcoin. The reason why we were able, the FBI was able to find the hackers that hacked into uh, 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 the gas company uh, recently is because it wasn't bit on Bitcoin, because it is a public ledger that is transparent. So if you just look at the lists, the endless lists of people, and you start to investigate, you understand where that money came from, and then you can cross-reference and you can find. So if it would have been in cash, they would have never found these guys. So if anything, if anything, cryptocurrencies bring transparency to the system, not the other way around. So, so these are the type of misconceptions that we're fighting with. And I will end just by saying that it's really all about independence. It's really all about taking care uh, of your own business. Now, like I said, it is okay that it might seem too hard or too cumbersome or time-consuming or just not interesting. And then you would ask for a custodian or, or an uh, advisor like myself, or a broker, but you have to trust that person. That's a, but but the, the idea that you have to use it, that there's no other way, is no longer true. No more than you have to use an operator in order to call Australia for free. That used to be true. That's not true anymore. And it could be zero. And you can, can transfer money from here abroad for practically zero fees and not the huge amount of fees that today you have to pay. So it will change the way we pay taxes. It'll change the way we transfer remittances. It'll change the way we uh, have to um, pay for all this capital leakage when we do any type of transaction. And so uh, needless to say that I really encourage the listeners here to reach out to me, to read uh, on Medium, generally on blogs, what this is all about, and understand that the whole idea of cryptocurrencies is programmable money and programmable products. And to argue that there are too many cryptocurrencies is the equivalent of saying there are too many websites. Because if we understand, like I said in our previous call, that uh, uh, um, blockchain is like the new internet. It's an internet where a dog cannot say, I'm a person, and everybody knows that they're a dog. This is a new internet of value. All these currencies are representations of different values. And so if you want something that's just like money, then you do Bitcoin. 
If you want something that is a little bit faster, you can do a different type of coin. If you want something that's more secure, you do a third type of coin. If you want to do something that is just contracts and wants to do, for example, social good, that's a fourth. If you want to do something in healthcare, that's a fifth. These are just like different websites that you go to that give you different. So I hope that that kind of helped a little bit, give an idea for doctors. Why should I be interested in all this? I think it did. Thank you. And you said they can contact you. Is there a place that they can contact you on? Do you have a website or anything that they can go yeah. to? Yeah, I can always be pinged on LinkedIn. Uh, so that, that's, that's the easiest, and that's what most doctors do. Uh, I'm anti-Facebook, of course, uh, uh, because they sift through my data and, and uh, they make money out of it. Um, there are all, all, all decentralized versions of these things, but nobody uses it. So that's why I'm still using LinkedIn. And if not, then my, uh, email is alex at btblock, beyond the block, btblock.io. So feel free to reach out, ask me questions. Uh, I can also uh, be heard on Clubhouse for those who are on it, but, um, the most important thing is that we need to um, deepen our not only our medical, but also our digital and financial literacy. Because health and financial health are extremely linked. And we won't survive, and our patients won't survive in poverty. And that, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Well, I'd like to get you onto the Global Health Impact Network as well. And let's start a community on the blockchain that people can reach you on there as well. That sounds like a great idea. Let's do that. Awesome. So if you're not on the Global Health Impact Network platform yet or community, just head over to the website, join. We'll get you on there. And you'll be able to join the blockchain community. Great. Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Thank you. Thanks for right. the great questions. You're welcome. All right, stay safe, okay? And thanks everyone for listening. Bye-bye.